0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, August the 14th, 2023. It is currently 1031 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I talk... A lot on this podcast about where the church is going. Where is the church headed? And I've been, I have mentioned recently, what is the church going to look like in 2024? I mean, we got a lot of things that's going to happen in 2024. And I, I've, I've tried to be very careful. Not to say necessarily what I feel, right? Because my feelings are very negative about 2024. I have some very negative feelings about 2024. I I just have this, I don't know. And again, feelings are by no means, by no means should you follow. Your feelings can mislead you. Your feelings can drive you right over a cliff. So you always got to be careful with your feelings and with your emotions, right? They're not the most trustworthy things sometimes. Especially when it comes to theology and doctrine and truth and, and things along those lines, your feelings can be very misleading. But I, I just have this very almost, I don't know what you would call it, the sinking feeling that 2024, as far as American Christianity and the church, it's going to be, I, I think we're going to reach the, the pinnacle, kind of the, the peak of the the church's political hijacking uh, I think we're going to continue to see maybe we're going to reach the peak of of the whole rise of Christian nationalism I think all of that's coming to a peak. I don't know what I don't know what exists after, but of those things I think are going to reach some kind of peak, and I don't know what happens when we get there. I don't know if you're looking at a graph and the rise of the political hijacking of the American church and Christian nationalism. I think we're getting about to get uh, to a tipping point. I know there's a lot of culture wars, and there's a lot of changes and things happening in the church. We have a lot going on. So the thing I'm getting ready to talk about may seem somewhat insignificant. I mean, I, we we could possibly talk. About about the rise of AI and how that's going to impact the church. Maybe we'll start getting a glimpse of AI and how it's going to impact American Christianity and the American church in 2024. I don't think, I think we're a long ways from that reach. I think we're still at the bottom of the graph charting and mapping this out. I think that the influence of AI in American Christianity we don't even really quite know yet. We're way down here at the beginning, but I think somewhere in 2024, I don't think it'll be in the first six months. I think in the last six months of 2024, we're going to start getting a little bit of a, ooh, yeah, I can see, I can see what's going on now, but there's something else that I have here that I'm going to mention. And it's nowhere near as significant as those things. These things are far more, this is far more insignificant to those things, but I'm just thinking of it in the context of all the things I'm looking at moving into the future. And I don't know if this one has a, I, I don't know if I can chart this out. Is this, is this going to continue to grow and practice and become a norm and 2024 and 2025, or is this something cl- clinging on, and it, it's it's going to be something of the past? Now we have talked before on this podcast about pastors buying sermons. And we went through the entire process. I thought more people would be interested in the series. I really thought that it would generate a lot of buzz, but it really didn't. I think most people shrugged their shoulders and and they basically was like, well, I think most people were like, I don't really care if the pastor buys this sermon. I don't really care where he gets it. Give me the sermon beginning, you know, middle and end 35, 40 minutes, keep it interesting. And 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 I don't care. I don't think most—and I, I know when I say that, I'll get emails from you going, but I care. I, I'm not speaking of every individual person on the earth. I'm saying I think the majority just don't really care where the pastor gets it, just preach it, make it interesting, and— and and hopefully I'll learn something. Maybe maybe it'll be helpful, beneficial. But I really don't care where you get it. I I, I don't think a lot of people do. So we, we've talked about, we've talked about pastors buying sermons. We went through the whole process. We bought a sermon series. Then we reviewed some sermons. Uh, we reviewed at least one sermon where someone was using the very sermon series I purchased and they were using it almost word for word. I mean, it was crazy. It was, and it was so, and the sermon that they bought, that whole series was just, can, can I just be honest? It wasn't worth the money. It was just, it was not very good. I, it was, it was so bad. It was so bad. So we've talked about that and we've mentioned also in the past something that I'm going to be talking about now. And it, it, at one point it became majorly controversial and then it kind of went away. Kind of went away. Everyone kind of forgot about it, but clearly it's still there. I don't know how many companies are involved in this practice. I don't know how many pastors and churches use this service or services like it. I don't know how many services are out there. I don't know how many churches are using it. I wish we could get some numbers. We need an investigative journalist to really dig into this. You'd have to spend a lot of time. And I don't know what you would have to do to try to gather the information and how you would even map it out. But I think I, I. So when it comes to this, I don't know what to look for in the future. Is this a dying practice or is this just going to become more and more the norm? And if it does become the norm and it becomes more and more exposed, here's my fear. I don't think the average church cares. I don't think the church members care. I don't think anybody cares. Just like they don't really seem to care that much about pastors buying their sermons, that I, don't, I don't think they're going to care about this as well. But the only reason I'm talking about it is today August the fourteenth at four ten p.m. Central Time? I received an email. Now, somewhere it was—I don't know exactly what time it was. I—I I was up here in the studio ready to go live, and then, well, food arrived, and I—I I, I couldn't. I was so close to 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 hitting the live button, and everything got messed up. So here is my opportunity to talk about it. And, and you can tell me how you feel. And I think, I think, I think many of the long-term dedicated listeners of this program are going to say, I disagree with it. But I think if you look at the number of people who are actually here this episode, the majority are not even going to respond because they don't care. They really don't care. That's my feelings. I could be wrong, but that's my feelings. Here we go. Here was the subject line of the email highly rated sermon research assistant highly rated sermon research assistant now in my mind and i can't tell you i don't really know why i thought oh is this some link maybe to an ai research assistant assistant for sermon prep like there's like it's an ai Situation where you can ask it and it can help you. Now, people are already using AI to write their sermons and write Sunday school lessons. So people are already doing that. But I thought, maybe is this a dedicated one? Is this some new AI program where you literally, it's going to basically give you whatever you want. And it's going to be, it, it's, it's, it's the next step and AI, you know, evolution when it comes to sermon prep and the church. I thought it was going to be AI, but I, I was wrong. Here we go. So highly rated sermon research assistant. I thought it was going to be some kind of AI program, but then here's how the email starts. Friend, have you seen the latest reviews of Sermon Spark? I'm like Sermon Spark, what is that? Now again my Now initially my mind right there was thinking, oh this is some new AI program. That's what I was thinking. But my but I was like I haven't heard of Sermon Spark and I haven't seen the reviews. Then right underneath that, they've got five stars. And I'm like, okay, so here's something that's getting five stars. And they have some quotes from some reviews, right? Here's quote number 1. Absolutely awesome, thought provoking, biblically sound and led by the Holy Spirit to God be the glory. So sermon spark, I guess is absolutely awesome, thought provoking, biblically sound, led by the Holy Spirit and to God be the glory. I mean that I mean that's a pretty good review. The next one. Excellent. Any excellent. Anything lacking? I can fill in with my own story, and I trust the Holy Spirit, uh, and I trust the Holy Spirit will, at, th- at the then present moment, bring the fire. All right, so whatever this sermon spark is, it's awesome, it's thought-provoking, it's biblically sound, it's led by the Holy Spirit, it's excellent, and if there's anything lacking in sermon spark, this person says, I'll write my own story, and then he's going to trust, or I'm assuming this is a he, going to trust the Holy Spirit that just at the right moment will bring the fire. Don't know exactly what that means, but that clearly sounds like it's a charismatic. Okay, so, all right. Then they have these little things flashing where it has these different sermons, right? And they're showing these different sermons. And I guess these are... I don't know exactly what this is, but these things are flashing. I'm like, okay, this doesn't tell me a lot. Uh, Obviously, whatever this is, it's getting five stars. These people are excited about it. Okay, what is Sermon Spark? I'm like, I should know this. I do a theology podcast. I preach. I, I need to know what sermon spark is. I because maybe my sermon need a spark. I mean, last Sunday I, I my Sunday school lesson I think went to you know fell apart. I had to delete it because I wasn't happy with it. so 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 maybe I need a sermon spark. All right. what is it? No all right let, let, let's just click on it. just let's just click on it. So I clicked on it and it took me to spark dot com. thats spark com. I think you can get there if you follow that address. Spark.SermonCentral, which is run together, SermonCentral.com. Spark.SermonCentral. Getting news about the Trump indictment that happened. All right, Spark.SermonCentral.com. And you can look at this for yourself because I don't want anyone to think I'm making this up. All right. Now on the left hand side at the top, sermon spark on the right, you have sign in and then get started free. I'm like, Ooh, okay, maybe I should do this, but what is it? All right. So I'm going to read this. I'm going to unplug my, uh, iPad here because it's plugged into the charger. Here we go. Sermon research assistant. We make sermon prep easier. Original research in one to two days fresh ideas, quotes, and stories, matching PowerPoints, and media. Get started free. Your first sermon is 100% free. It's all on us. So this is a sermon research center, a research assistant. It sounds like that they do the research for you, they give you the fresh ideas, the quotes, the stories, and all the media. All, if your church uses multimedia in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Now they say I can download a sample, but I'm going to skip that. All right. So let's go down here. Let's go to the next thing. It's trusted by thousands of Bible preachers around the globe. Thousands. Now I don't know, you know, what that is supposed to mean, but okay. So then I go, I go down and then it has this. Helpful sermon research and ideas. Sermon prep is important. We find relevant quotes, suggest a biblical outline, compose a sample manuscript, and more. Now, here's the three steps. You ready? Here we go. Number one, tell us what you want to preach. We craft a unique sermon package for you. And number three, you, wink, 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 customize it and make it your own. Okay. They don't put wink, wink, wink. I'm putting it there because give me a break. Okay. So I, so I, I guess I call them up, you know, so I'm sitting here going, oh, okay. I took Monday off because a lot of pastors take Monday off. It's now Tuesday. So tomorrow I'm like, man, what do I do? Oh, pick up the phone. All right. I got to call my sermon spark sermon research assistant. Hey, 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 it's Tuesday. Okay. um, I think I'm going to preach on Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22, all right? All right, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do this. Maybe I. they say the first one is free, but I bet you you have to sign up and then try to cancel. I don't want to, maybe I I should just pay and just see what it's like. I don't know, but we will see. Because every time I think this will generate, like everybody would be like, hey, I want to know. I think most people shrug their shoulders and like, I don't really care. Use the service, get the sermon. As long as I learn something and it's good and it's biblical, I don't really care. Maybe this is just more from a pastor's perspective. This bothers me. But okay, so it's Tuesday. All right, all right, man, what do I do? What do I do? I need a sermon. Okay, hey man, here's the deal. All right. I guess it's a man. Maybe it's a woman. I don't know. Maybe it's AI, whoever I call. Hey, you, whoever you are, right? Okay. I don't know. Whatever your pronouns may be, whoever you may be, whatever you may be. Here's the deal. I need a sermon on Jeremiah chapter, you know, 21 or 22 or 23, what, whichever, all, all the ones, you know, moving forward. All right. So I tell him what to preach. Then I hang up. Woo. Okay. All right. Now, what do I go do? I don't know. Maybe go play golf. I I hate playing golf. I'll watch some golf maybe. Okay. I I don't know. Uh, Go swim. Maybe run by Sonic and get a large vanilla Coke. I don't know. Maybe a cherry limeade. There you go. Now, now we're talking a cherry limeade. I uh, see. I don't know. Maybe just go out to eat. Maybe, oh, maybe go to the movies. I don't know. Maybe, maybe just. I don't know. Just kind of just rest and relax because while I'm resting and relaxing, there's some there's a person AI. I don't know who they are. Whatever they they're over. They're crafting me a unique sermon package. They're building it. They're shaping it. Then, then I don't know. I, I check my email. Ding. Okay. Maybe it's Wednesday. Who knows? Thursday. There it is. There is my completed sermon. It's a full package with a manuscript an outline and multimedia. Now they say you customize and make it your own. <laughs> I mean, Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna customize it. I'm going to look at it and go, okay, all right. I mean, if you're paying them for the service, I doubt you're going to do a lot of customizing because if you're going to do a lot of customizing, what's the point? You could just do it yourself, right? They send it to you, all right? And then here's what they say. Uh, your sermon research assistant, creative, biblical, and structured preaching. We get your research materials back to you in one to two days. Try it free for your next sermon. No payment needed. Easy setup. Oh, we're going to have to try this. We are going to have to try this. We're going to have to turn this into a big deal. We're going to have to promote this. It says, curious how the Spark team delivers personalized sermon research materials in only one to two days? Our researchers use the latest technologies to streamline the process. Does that not sound like they're using AI? I don't know. Um, resources include web research, scripture study, user-contributed content from Sermon Central, original sources and commentaries, quotation databases, as well as generative image and textual recommendations from various machine learning platforms. <laughs> oh, that, they're, oh I, I bet you. But just, just they're doing it you hand it to them and they got 1 to 2 days to get it back to you and then you get it and all you've got to do is just kind of look it over get the feel for it get the vi- now when we listen to someone who bought one of these sermon packages right from a, a company guess what i mean come on they didn't even really make it their own there was a little bit here or there okay this this is so this is so ridiculous i i don't i, I don't even know I don't, I don't even know all right so They say download sample. All right. Okay. I was going to make this short, but I got to, I got to hit the download sample button. I've got to hit the download sample button. I mean, come on. Don't I? But we're, I'm going to have to have them. I'm going to, I'm, I, am we are going to build, we're going to hype this up. I don't know. We're going to turn this into a big deal, right? We'll have to turn this into a series of some sort, right? And, and maybe literally just see how this works, right? You know, you know what would be, here's what's sad. Here's what's sad. I'm probably going to do this and then I'm going to regret it because I'm going to get emails. You know what they're going to say? Obviously, you should have been using them uh, for a long time because compared to your sermons, you need to use Sermon Spark. You're trash. They're better. And they, and you know what? Maybe they are. Okay. Maybe they are. But then that raises the question. If your pastor was to say, "Look, I spend hours and hours working, 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 and this is what you get." But I'm going to try Sermon Spark or whichever sermon research assistant pro, you know, subscription services that are out there. Okay, then he preaches for 4 weeks and he says, "Okay, guys, after these 4 weeks, what do you think?" And they're like, "That's the best preaching you've ever done." What would you do if, if all of a sudden he said, "I didn't write these." These came from a, a sermon research uh, a program that I'm now paying a subscription to. Would you be like, all right, right, we'll keep doing it. Or would you be like, oh, I'm offended. But what if for those four weeks you were getting in the car going, man, pastor started, he's become so much a better preacher. I can't, I can't wait for next week. These have been awesome. What would you do? Would, would you, would you stop and go, wait a minute, what is wrong with me? Or would you be like, you know what? Then it really doesn't matter. All that matters is I like what I'm hearing and I like the sermon spark sermon then the, than the pastor created sermon. Oh, I mean, come on. What, what would you really? You got to be honest now. See, it's one thing to talk a big game. This is outrageous. This is ungodly. It's one thing. But it's another thing after about four weeks, you're like, man, this preaching is good. And then all of a sudden, the pastor's like, hey, how have you liked my four weeks of preaching? And everyone, he asks the question. He asked everyone. And all of a sudden, the crowd does this. <laughs> And then he says, hey, I'm so glad you're so enthusiastic. I'm glad for the standing ovation. I'm glad for all the emails and all the letters and all the, man, pastor, these have been great because he tells me I never have to prepare another sermon ever again in my life. I mean, I wonder what would happen at that moment in a church. Would all the people be like, oh, what? Uh, wait, uh, what? Now you could say, well, then that shows that the pastor is no good. I don't know. When you've got, can a pastor pull off what a research team can? Can a pastor pull off what an entire team using AI obviously some kind of machine learning programs to put it all together for you. I mean, what can you do? Because if you're a pastor, especially, oh, I remember the days when I was bivocational. Oh, man. I don't even know how I, that, that working what 40 plus hours easy in the military full-time being a Basically a full-time pastor. Oh yeah, family. Oh yeah, I was also doing hours and hours of broadcasting. Yeah, I don't even know how I pulled it off. And I preach Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. Yeah, I didn't take a service off. I don't even know how I did it. Now you could probably go back and say some of those sermons were trash. Maybe they were. Maybe because, I don't know. (laughs) I was working basically a hundred hours a week, but hey, who cares? Okay. Oh yeah, for no pay because I didn't take pay. All right. Yeah, I mean it was great. It was a great time. It was good. It only it almost killed me, but it was good. So I don't know. What could a, a research team like? I look back at the time. What if I was paying for one of these services and I had a research team? Oh man. But if the people actually prefer the research teams. Okay. All right. But we got to hit the button. I, I, I'm just, I'm now I'm just going down the road of speculation and, and guessing and, and imagining, but we got to hit the download sample. Are ready? ready? Here we go. I'm going to click this. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. We're going to download a sample from a research team, a research. Now you, a pastor, you can have a research team. Let's click on this. All right. Here we go. Download. Oh, wait, what just happened? All right, hang on. I got to find it in the files. All right. Oh, I got to find this. Okay, here we go. There's my other fa- files. All right, hang on. It's downloading. Oh, it's a pretty big file. All right. It's a zip file 12 MB. Let's see if I can click on this. Is it going to work? Uh, where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? Okay, give me a second here. Oh, it's 78 items. Wow. It's, 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 it's unzipping them. 78 items is contained in this. Uh, and this has guess what you typically get. All right, here we go. I'm going to click on this. No, that's not it. Okay, that's not it. <laughs> All right, where did it go? 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 Hang on. Let me look at how it unzipped these. Where did it go? See, trying to do it on an iPad may not work here. All right, hang on. Um, Where did it go? Give me one second here. Oh, wait, wait. Here we go. All right. Now, what do I have here? I have, what's this presentation? Let's see if I can click on this. All right, it's got some slides. This one is called the Bread of Life. John 6:24 to 42. It's uh it's like a a a a, a Beautiful. I'm assuming sunrise maybe. Maybe it's a sunset. And then there's these hills all covered in grass. Looks really great. And underneath that it has, uh, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then another, there's another picture. Jesus offers himself as the bread of life. Jesus meets the needs of the physically hungry. Jesus meets the needs of the spiritually hungry. And then it says, bread of life. Jesus lived up to the title, but an unopened loaf does a person no good. Have you received the bread? Have you received God's forgiveness? And that's a quote from Max Locato. I'm assuming what these are are slides that you're supposed to show at different times during the sermon. So this is your slides, the church that uses you know, PowerPoint and slides, which, of course, I would never use because... No way I'm using that. All right. So now here's this. Here's the sermon. All right. Here's the sermon. Now I don't, we're going to look at how much you pay, uh, for this. I'm, I'm assuming there's a pricing somewhere, but here we go. The bread of life, John 6, 24 through 42. Here's the main idea. Jesus is the answer to our deepest needs and truest hunger. It even gives you the prayer. Father, we thank you for your provision and for sending your only son to satisfy our spiritual hunger. Help us to turn to Jesus as the source of our sustenance and peace. Amen. Now, you think it's ridiculous they give you the prayer? In one of those sermons that we reviewed when someone bought a sermon, they literally prayed the prayer that was in the package. They didn't even bother to. De- and you know what that is? Oh, don't even get me started. That's You're not talking to God. You're just reading something, right? The scripture, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. John 6, 33. Uh, the key quote, bread of life, Jesus lived up to the title, but an unopened loaf does a person no good. Have you received the bread? Have you received God's forgiveness? That's Max Licato. So now you take all of that and you're to work all of that into basically your intro. They basically work that into your intro, but here you go. They're going to give you an intro. Here we go. You ready? All right. Does anyone here remember your mother or grandmother, mother baking fresh bread? So that's how you could possibly start your sermon, right? Hey, does anyone here remember when your mother or your grandmother was baking fresh bread? Do you remember that? The smell of the freshly baked bread would fill the house with warmth and comfort. You may have watched as she carefully measured out the ingredients and kneaded the dough and placed it in the oven. After a few hours, the bread was ready to be enjoyed. Some see bread as a symbol of life, a reminder that God provides us with all that we need. He is the one who gives us sustenance and nourishment. In the same way, Jesus is the bread of life. He is the one who provides us with spiritual nourishment and sustenance. He is the one who gives us hope and strength. He is the one who sustains us in times of difficulty and hardship. So that you, that's really your introduction. That's really your introduction. All right. That's really the introduction. Then they, they tell us this. Then you can, after you say that, you can say, good morning, church. I'm so glad to be here with you today to talk about the bread of life. Now, see, if you just go over this a couple of times, you can you can say this in a very just like normal presentation. You know, all you just got to do is you just need the notes just right there in front of you. All right. Now it says, Pastor, this could be a great place to share a personal story. A time when you were so hungry you couldn't think straight. What silly choices did you make? How did you how did people around you react? Use this as a light-hearted way to dive into the topic of spiritual hunger. So now I'm supposed to come up with a story here. Okay. I gotta think of a time where I was starving. I was so hungry. All right, so I could throw in a personal story. It probably doesn't take long. I, I already have a couple I could, I could, I could, I could probably throw out. And then after you tell the story, we all have a deep hunger inside of us that can only be satisfied by Jesus. So then you could say, you could see the transition. So you kind of give that introduction and, and people thinking about bread and, okay, I can understand bread and symbol of life. Okay. We're going to talk about the bread of life. And the pastor now tells a funny story about this time he was starving and he made all of these silly choices and everybody's laughing. <laughs> everybody's happy because, you know, you got to take those pictures to put on the brochure because everyone in church is always smiling and laughing and as they're holding the, bro- okay, you get the idea. All right. Then you transition just as I was so f- physically hungry, just as I felt I was going to starve to death. All of us here this morning, see, I can already now start making this my own. We all have a deep hunger inside of us that can only be satisfied by Jesus. And John chapter six, verses 24 through 42, we see Jesus offering himself as the very bread of life. His first step is to meet the needs of physical hunger. Next, he meets the much more difficult need. He also offers himself as food for spiritual hunger. Jesus is the answer to our deepest needs and truest hunger. Today, I want to talk about three points from this passage. Jesus offers himself as the bread of life. Jesus meets the needs of the physically hungry. And Jesus meets the needs of the spiritually hungry. So let's dive in. So I I could formulate that. See, after they sent that to me, it could I could probably take 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, just re or I probably reorganize it just a little bit and boom, I could you would think I became a good preacher. I can make it sound natural. I can make it flow maybe 15 minutes, maybe I need 15 because I would probably go through it once and then go, ah, reorganize it just a hair and then boom, 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 boom. And then they give us the points. They give us the points. I'll just go through these quickly, right? I'll just go through these quickly. Jesus offers Himself as the bread of life, and John six twenty-five through twenty-seven. So then you would probably now some pastors wouldn't even bother to do this, right? Or they may show the slide up there of John six twenty-five through twenty-seven. Don't know what they would do. Some may actually read it at this point. So now you have a little bit of you know you can you can make it a little bit your own. All right. We see in John six twenty-five through tw- twenty-seven that a large crowd had followed Jesus because they saw Him perform miracles. He fed thousands and healed people of their sickness. They were looking for physical bread and food, but instead they found something much greater. The spiritual bread that only comes from God. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This was a radical statement at that time because it was unheard of for someone to claim that they were God's provision for mankind's spiritual needs. But this is exactly what Jesus did. He offered himself as a living sacrifice for our sins that we could have eternal life through him, John 3, 16. He says, I am the living bread that come down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And this bread, which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The statement was given even more radical because it was meant that Jesus was willing to die to give us eternal life through him. John ten ten. This is why Jesus is called the bread of life. He offers us eternal life through his death on a cross and resurrection from death. Romans 5, 8. Jesus gives us hope when all else fails. He gives us strength when we are weak. He gives us joy when we are sorrowful. He gives us peace when there is chaos. He gives us love when there is hatred. He gives us grace when there is condemnation. And most importantly, he gives us salvation. There is no other other way. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Now you could do a little bit of pacing, maybe read some of those scriptures, act Actually read them, and but you could get through it relatively quick. And again, you can make that. Now, there's no real trying to figure any of this out. There's no real actually digging into the text. But hey, Jesus offers himself as the bread of life. And you read some of that. It's not that some of that is not true. It's very true, very accurate. You're not getting below the surface, but that's okay. A lot of people would be very encouraged by that and say, wow, that was very good, pastor. Yeah, it was very good. It was written by a research team. All right. The next part. So that's Jesus offers himself as the bread of life. The second part. Jesus meets the needs of the physically hungry. Okay. Now this is a little concerning. Concerning. Well, let's see if they if they explain how this is supposed to work, because, you know, people starve to death every day. So does Jesus always meet the physically? Hungry? Okay, all right. Here we. This is what they say. But we also see Jesus meets the needs of those who are physically hungry. And John 6, 1 through 15, Jesus fed 5,000 people with only five loaves and two fish, a miracle that only God could do. But what does this miracle mean? It means that God cares deeply about meeting our physical needs too. Well, if God can feed that many people with that little food, then that means there should be no one in this planet starving to death. right? Okay. Oh, but they're not going to ask those kinds of questions. No, 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 no. I forget. It's church. In church, we don't ask those uncomfortable questions and we don't struggle with the realities that we see around us. We pretend those realities don't exist and then just throw out bumper sticker slogans, slogans so that everyone can go home feeling good about themselves. Okay. I digress. I digress. I digress. I digress. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells a parable about feeding those who are hungry and how it reflects our relationship with Him. Those who, those who feed others are rewarded by being welcomed into the kingdom, while those who don't feed others are condemned for their lack of compassion towards others in need. To Jesus, meeting both physical and spiritual need is 100% on mission. But what about, but what about us, His followers? James two fifteen through seventeen says if a brother or sister has nothing to wear and has no food for their day's journey yet you say go in peace but you do not give them what they need what does it do so faith by itself isn't enough how important is it for Christians to meet the physical needs of the people around us, especially if we truly want our lives to look like Jesus? Now, they don't really say, well, wait a minute. Does Jesus actually feed people? Or does he only feed people through Christians? So if people are starving, is it because Christians' fault? And is he is it almost implying that if we don't do this, then possibly we're not saved? So then are we really saved by grace alone through faith alone? I don't know. There's about a million questions here, but nobody's going to care to ask any of that because you're just, while well, you're reading what this great crack research team has given you. And then it says, pastor, this is where you need to share about ways your church meets physical needs in your community. Invite your people to join as you serve those around you. So then you're like, hey, in this church, we're doing this and this and this. So make sure you you stop by the visitor center out front and give some money. Okay, all right. Yeah, I know, okay, that's typically how it works. All right. Then the last one, Jesus meets the needs of the spiritually hungry. Finally, let's talk about spiritual hunger. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger for my flesh is true food indeed. But what does this mean practically? It can mean many things. Here's a brief list. Sharing God's word, 2 Timothy 3.16. Praying with others, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Encouraging people in their faith, Hebrews 10.24. Loving unconditionally, 1 Corinthians 13. Serving uh, humbly, Philippians chapter two. And showing mercy. So it seems to be, That, hey, Jesus meets the spiritual, Jesus meets the needs of the spiritually hungry, but he's going to do that when you go, share God's word, pray with others, encourage people, love unconditionally, serve humbly, and show mercy. So I guess if we don't do that, then people's spiritual hunger will not be met, I I, I guess. All these things help meet people's spiritual hunger. But remember, true hunger can only be satisfied by knowing Christ intimately. And this starts in each of us. Do you know Christ? I'm not asking you if you've prayed to ask him into your heart. I'm asking if you know him, and do you know him intimately? Then it gives the Max Lucado quote, and then this is the conclusion of the sermon. I want to remind you once again why Jesus offers himself as the bread of life, because he is the only one who can meet our physical and spiritual needs. As we internalize Christ as our true bread and true life, I encourage you to live out your faith practically by helping others around you who may be physically or spiritually hungry. May God bless you all today as you seek after him wholeheartedly. Heavenly Father, then it gives you actually the concluding prayer that you're supposed to say. And that is what you get. And then they got other uh, things you can show on social media, probably to promote the sermon. You've got other things. Uh, you've got things you can use for your slideshow. And there's a bunch of other things here. And when I said there were 76 things, that was the total things in my folder here, not for that particular uh, thing. So there you have it. I, I don't know what you make out of, make of that. I don't know. I don't know what you make of that. I, to me, it's, Ah. Well, oh, I know what we need to do. Never mind. Wait, I almost forgot. We got to, we got to look here. Do we have? A, do we get pricing here? Is there pricing? All right, hang on, hang on. Do we get a pricing here? Do we get pricing? Hang on, get started. Oh man, they're not going to give me any information. Oh come on, come on. They're not going to tell me how much the it cost. Um Yeah, I don't know. I have to create a, an account, I guess. And then my first sermon is free. Yeah, I have to create an account. I wanted to know how much it cost. I want to know how much it costs. I will have to do further research and get back on you. But maybe we'll I mean that if that's their sample, then no. Now that's just a generic one. So maybe if I tell them what I want that I want I'm still going to do it. I think I'm still going to sign up and say, "Hey guys, this is what I want and see what and see what I, and then just preach it. Just preach it. Just preach it. I I I almost want to do it for the people at church and not tell them. And then afterwards, when they're like, that was a great sermon, I can be like, of course it was. It wasn't mine. A research team wrote it for me. Now, of course, you can see where I would have problems doing that because like the physical hunger thing, doesn't even explain exactly how that works, right? He says we're supposed to do it. And possibly if we don't, we're not possibly saved is clearly the implication. But doesn't, Jesus can feed everyone, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't offer any explanation i i don't know how much you would pay to get that but that generic example that generic one i i i don't i don't think that would be worth a dollar I don't think it would be worth $5. I don't even think it would be worth $10. Well, you know what? It could be worth up to $100. It could possibly be worth $200 if you're a pastor who's just tired of trying to put in all the work and nobody cares. I mean, I mean, you, you do have to realize there's a, there's a double-edged sword here, right? You can sit in the pew and go, no, I want my pastor to work and I want him to study and I want him to give me something good. Yeah, but. If you don't even bother to show up, if you're like, well, maybe I'll be at the service, maybe I won't be at the service, and you can't even remember a week later what was preached, why should he put in 14, 15, 16 hours of work if you don't even care? Like, you could flip it around. Now you say, well, that's a wrong attitude, that's unspiritual, that's ungodly. Well, it may be, but it may be, It's how godly is it not to actually... Even act like you care. Like, I mean, you could flip it around. I don't know. I don't know if these services are going to continue to be there. Remember, we've already had this massive con- uh, consp- uh, conspiracy, controversy, controversy right? Uh, some can say it was a conspiracy. This big controversy that broke out years ago. And then it was revealed that some major pastors were using these services. J.D. Greer, um, Ma- uh, mark Driscoll I can't remember there was a couple of other big names there because they had written their own like endorsement and advertisement for one of these uh from from one of these groups uh that I can't remember the name of the group it starts with a d it's escaping me right now. We just talked about it uh, about a week or two ago on 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 the broadcast but uh they and then, and then finally I think they're in they're endorsements were kind of removed. Their reviews were removed because it started causing controversy and people like, what is going on? But just because they removed their endorsement, I don't think they ever came out and said, um, Oh, someone said I signed up for an account. Okay. Does it give you any pricing detail? Okay. It's a membership, right? Do we get, do we have money? Do we have, do we, how much, how much, how much do we, do we get any $15 a month when paid annually? Wow. That's it. And if you don't do an- annually, I'm assuming, what, $20 a month if you, if you don't pay annually? I bet you it's $20 a month if you don't pay a- annually, I'm assuming. I don't, I don't know if they're going to say. So I was going to try to sign up to find out the pricing. But for $15 a month, just think about that. $15 a month. You tell them. They send what you need, right? So you're not just getting some box, like you know, just some boxed sermon. They're putting together spe- specifically what you're asking for to some level, right? And then you just you just sit back. So I don't know when you tell them. Maybe you tell them on Monday. Maybe you tell them on Friday, right? Um, okay. All right. So it's because uh, it says actually it says valued at fifteen dollars a month. I can't see. Uh, Anymore until I get the free trial. All right. So I may have to have this person get me a sermon. I may have to, I may have this person say, Hey, get me a sermon. You see, we're, uh, it's, it's Tuesday. I don't know if it could be ready by Sunday, but you need to tell them. You need, if if you, if you do sign up for the free trial, if you do, okay, since they've already got an account, if you decide to, tell them we need a sermon on Jeremiah 21. Jeremiah 21 or Jeremiah 22. All right. Jeremiah 21, 22. And then you can send me the sermon and then we'll just do it that way. There we go. If, if you want to, if you don't, that's fine. I'll sign up and go through the process, but that would be fun. It would be funny. I need a sermon and you can tell them that you are, uh, see, what would we call ourselves? If they ask the denomination, say, just say independent Baptist. I, I, I just do that. Uh, We won't, we won't go into our soteriology. Because I doubt they'll ask, I, do, I doubt they'll get that specific, right? Because our soteriology is reformed, but I don't like to say reformed Baptist. Because if you say reformed Baptist, then people who are reformed say you're not reformed enough. So whatever. But we're independent because, well, we don't belong to a denomination and we're Baptist. So we're independent Baptists, right? So, uh oh, $179 a year. So for $179 a year, I know that may sound like a lot, but I'm just thinking for $179 a year and I never have to worry about sermon prep again? And considering nobody's going to remember what I preached on anyway, let's do this. Or $19 a month. Okay, or $19 a month. So, yeah, if this person does go do the free trial, request that we need a sermon on Jeremiah chapter 21. Jeremiah chapter 21. All right. And depending how long they take, if they they take too long, then just move to Jeremiah 22. And if they still don't get back to you, then go Jeremiah 23 or Jeremiah 24. Because because that will, by going over what they give us, will only reinforce what we're already studying. So it will be beneficial. There you have it. That's hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. The whole situation. But... You can look at it for yourself and to the person helping me out. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. Go to spark.sermoncentral.com. You can sign up for yourself if you would like sermoncentral.com. You could, you could give it as a gift for your pastor. So he doesn't have to do all of the hard work of sermon prep. Or (laughs) you may get, you may, if you're a pastor and you receive it as a gift, it may be a clue that the people think your sermons stink. Now that I think about it, don't give it to your pastor as a gift because that would be greatly. If, if someone, hey, some, one of you out there, you're going to do this to me. I know. And it's not going to be funny. I'm going to go to my email and I'm, it's going to be like, someone just gave you a sermon spark <laughs> subscription for one year. <laughs> And it's going to be like, and then underneath it, it's going to be like, I'm sending this to you because you are trash. You are, you are the worst preacher I have ever heard. Uh, Anything would be better than the trash you give us. Okay. So yeah, someone's going to be a a smart aleck and do that to me. Okay. But there you have it. There you have it. There you have it. I I don't know. Like, like. There's a part of me that says, "How dare they?" But then I, I do see it from the flip side. I mean, and I do. I mean, I know sometimes people don't like my jaded outlook, but I look at so much of what the church is—all the money, the buildings, the activities, all that goes on there—and then you really look at what people actually get, what people actually take from it, what people actually remember. To me, it's just a lot of activity. There's a lot of sound and fury, but it it doesn't mean anything. So to me, it fits the the real the church mentality is people are there for something else. Just give them a canned presentation; they'll be they'll be good with it. I don't know. You, you can tell me what you think. I just wanted you to know this is out there. I I'm still thinking about does does these kind of things, do they continue? I mean, it's, it's a good question. Are these things going to continue and grow in popularity and use, or is AI going to just basically wipe these things out? Like, if the average person has a- access to AI tools, I mean, I've already had one friend who taught Sunday school, and he had AI write a Sunday school lesson. Now, he told the class afterwards, but he wanted to do it as a test. And there's been pastors who've preached sermons written by AI. I mean, it gets to the point where the pastor is just like, hey, this is what I need. And AI's like, well, here you go. And then, of course, if, if there are, if there's companies out there who can take that AI, maybe you, you know, modify it so it's specific to certain th- theologies and certain things, boom, and they can make it even stronger and better. I mean, are pastors going to even be needed anymore? I mean, at this point, if AI can just create its own pod I mean we on, on Spotify, you've got the AI DJ, X, right? Sounds almost like a human. Well, why can't you just now have AI running you know theology podcast? They don't mis- make mistakes. They don't mispronounce words. They don't have any of the flaws that a human being has as I talk, stuttering over my words, maybe saying something incorrectly trying to catch a thought. It would just be like, boom, boom, but They wouldn't have to look anything up. They would have the information already there. I mean, come, on, what would you prefer? A, basically, a perfect podcasting host who never makes any mistakes or a human being. Now, some of you are like, I would like the human being. Yeah, maybe. You may think that. I don't know. It's... I don't want to say it's a brave new world yet because that seems so cliche, but we can see the future in front of us, and I don't quite know where it's going, but I think more and more pastors are going to use services like this or use these tools, and if it makes them better preachers and better pastors and better teachers, do we condemn the tools? Is this just a tool? newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for tuning in for a special late-night episode of the Theology Central podcast hosted by a real human being. There's no question about that. A very sinful human being who fails frequently, who messes up constantly. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe not. Only you can make that decision. Email me. Always appreciate it. And we'll be back live on the air sometime tomorrow for more theological discussions, Bible study, devotions. And we never know what we're going to be talking about, but hopefully it's always helpful and interesting until I am replaced by AI. I'm going to continue trying to do it myself. It's something to pay attention to and watch and see how this will impact the church moving forward. Thanks for listening. God bless.